Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who has retired from his days of lounging around. He finally went to the gym. Brandon Siegel, how you doing? I'm doing well. Ben, this is actually Ben. This is your first time hearing about this. This is, man. I don't this. believe it. I do not believe it. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, welcome Ben O'Brien to the podcast, the third member. Yes, I, I have started going to the gym. Big shout out to Aaron. Um, I'm sure he's listening um, for, for coming with me. I've gone to the gym. I changed up my eating habits. Uh, we're being healthier. No no more Brandon diet like it was in college, uh, Ben, which was, was the best diet, I'd like to point Absolutely. out. That was a great diet. Um, we're going to have to eat healthier. I'm going to have to work out. Um, but but less about my athletic activity because my athletic days are far behind me. Um, we got a lot of athletic things to talk about in this episode um, here today. And let's start off with a little bit of college basketball. Um, Trevor, why don't you start us off here? Yeah, so there was so much that happened in college basketball. It was it was a great week to kind of get into it because there were no you know there was no NFL playoff games yesterday and sat yesterday Saturday was a great game great day for college basketball. We're not going to talk about all of it because we have you know a lot of football to get to, but uh, just wanted to mention a few games here. Uh, the first one was Kansas and Texas Tech. Uh, this game went to double overtime on Monday. Kansas won the game ninety four to ninety one. They put together a pretty big comeback in regulation. Um, and, you know, this is just, well, I was going to say, this is just a testament to how good Kansas is at home. But yesterday, they actually lost at home to, to Kentucky. So, like, sort of, they're, you know, it's one of the best, you know, home field advantages or home court advantages you can have in the sport of college basketball. I, I believe that Kansas has that. But, um even still, you know, Kansas was really good in this game. The way the way they came back, I mean, Ochai Abaji, he had 37 points, 7 rebounds. He was just insane. Every time it seemed like Texas Tech was going to close it out and, you know, just win the game, Ochai Abaji would, you know, come around the screen, hit a huge three-pointer to tie the game or to cut the lead down to a couple points. And, and with the double overtime, it seemed like, you know, is this game going to end at any point? And then it finally did. Kansas did get the win. Um, but you know, it, it's just another great game, uh, in the big 12, the big 12, one of the best conferences has been for a little while. And, you know, Texas tech, they're, they're knocking on the door. They're trying, they know that Kansas is, you know, along with Baylor, they're like the top dogs and they're trying to knock them down. They couldn't quite do it, but a pretty, pretty good performance here from Texas tech. Definitely. Um, I think shows a lot, you know, here as they go forward in the next couple months. Um, one, uh, well, two other games I want to mention. Um, I guess I'll just go to the Kentucky-Kansas game since I, it's another Kansas game. Kentucky and Kansas played each other yesterday. Just wanted to mention this one because it probably was the biggest game of the week just in terms of, like, you know, these are both Blue Bloods, the story programs, you know, important to mention here. And I was definitely pretty surprised that Kansas lost this game. Uh, the final score was 80-62. to Kentucky won it. Keon Brooks had 27 points for Kentucky, 8 rebounds. He had Oscar Shibway, former Mountaineer. He had 17 points and 14 rebounds. I mean, Oscar Shibway, he's just been on, a man on a mission to get as many rebounds as possible. He's trying to set pretty much every rebounding record there is, um, and he had 14, point, or 14 rebounds in this one. So really good game from Kentucky. And Kentucky, you know, they're, they're ranked number 12 right now. Obviously, that ranking is going to rise, I think, after their – well, obviously, after their win over Kansas. And Kentucky, you know, they're a contender. They're in the mix. They're, they're going to have a real shot here um, to make a run in the tournament because looking at the, the roster that they have, all the talent um, and experience, you know, they got some of these transfers like Oscar Shibway, um, like Kellen Grady from Davidson – who can stretch the floor, hit some threes. And in addition to the experience they have from some of these transfers, they have really talented freshmen. Uh, Ty Ty Washington didn't have a very good game uh, yesterday, but he's been really good for Kentucky as well. Um, you know, And then obviously Keon Brooks has been very good. So Kentucky, certainly a team to watch out for. Uh, last game I wanted to mention, uh, Arizona and UCLA, they played each other uh, on, I believe it was Tuesday, and actually play each other again this coming week. Um, in this first matchup, uh, UCLA was the home team, and they won the game 75-59. to um, And, you know, UCLA, they were the better team, kind of wire to wire. It seemed like they were just, you know, it was their night. They were making a lot of shots. Johnny Juzang was on fire. Uh, Hami mm -hmm. Hawkes was playing really well. But my takeaway actually was with Arizona. 
because there is a certain player on Arizona that honestly might be my favorite player in college basketball. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, that might be a little hyperbole because, like, there's so many great players in college basketball, obviously. But Ben Matherin from Arizona, and he didn't even shoot that well in this game. But Ben Matherin, uh, the guard for Arizona, he's a sophomore, and he's probably going to be a lottery pick in this coming NBA draft. He's probably one of my, I mean, he probably is my favorite player in college basketball. He's averaging 17 points, six rebounds uh, this season, shooting about 46% from the field. But even when he's not, you know, having a great shooting game, when his shot is not falling, he still finds some way to get it to have an impact on the game. You know, if he if he's not shooting well, it's usually defensively. He's getting steals, getting deflections. You know, maybe he's making a block here or there. And even when he, Arizona was down because they were down essentially the whole game, a lot of the time by double digits. There were so many times where you saw him trying to bring the team together, you know, during a stoppage in play, a dead ball, you know, and he's trying to say, like, guys, we can come back. And they and they didn't come back, obviously. But just like it seems like there's a level of leadership that he already has as a sophomore in college that really makes me uh, like him a lot. And I think, you know, uh, any NBA team who drafts him, I think, you know, is going to be a pretty lucky team. Yeah, it's uh, it's we're getting to this like really great point in college basketball, whether you know in their league play, um, and we're we're getting closer to March, Trevor. We're getting closer to March, uh, which is obviously the best time for basketball. Let's continue with a little bit of more basketball here. Go to the NBA. A quick little storyline, not like an enormous amount to say about it, um, but we did get the All Star starters uh, in the East. We have Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan in the West. We have LeBron James, of course, the GOAT. Uh, Jokic, Andrew Wiggins, Steph Curry, and John Morant. Um, And our two captains are, of course, the GOAT, LeBron, and Kevin Durant on the Eastern Conference side. Ben, I'm going to go to you. Uh, We definitely had a couple. We are like Andrew Wiggins was an interesting choice. Uh, What do you think about these all-star starters? Yeah, I mean, every year... You're gonna get of the ten stars. You're probably gonna get seven or eight that you expect, right? You're gonna Lebron's gonna be there. I don't care if he's averaging four game, four points a game. He's gonna be there. Durant's gonna be there. Giannis is gonna be there. Steph's gonna be there. But yeah, you get players like Wiggins um, and like Demar Derozan. I mean, Demar Derozan. I'm not saying he's never been an All Star before. He definitely has. But he's having a fantastic year. So for him, him to be playing like he is on the Bulls, um, keeping that team in, in in a top part of the Eastern Conference. Um, shout out to Demar Derozan. He's the type of player. And, Maybe it's just me, but I really like him. I think he's fun to watch. He's a, he's a cool story to root for. Um, so I, I'm very happy to see him succeed, and I do think he absolutely deserves to be an all-star starter in the Eastern Conference this year because he's had a fantastic season. Um, but other than that, again, I mean, I think you'd ex- you'd expect a lot of the names to be on there. Um, obviously, Andrew Wiggins being a first-time all-star and, and a starter is a big deal, but I'm sure Trevor would probably want to talk more about that because he likes Andrew Wiggins more than I do. Um, so, again, for the most part – expected a lot of the names but it is always cool to see those those couple names that first time like it like a John Morant where you knew he was going to be there but it's it's finally like now is the present right he's the present he's no longer the future of the NBA um to see stuff like that and I'll tell you I've always loved the NBA all-star game I know it's a total joke meaning like they don't try but that's what I want like I'd love to see a 200 to 185 uh, uh score game I just think it's cool I love to watch them basically just have a practice and just have a have like a little mini dunk contest in the middle of the game so I'm excited. I love I love the NBA All Star. I love the whole NBA All Star Weekend, um, and I don't think this year will be any different. I think obviously all of them are, are fantastic players, and they should put on a show for us. NBA All Star Game and that weekend is this great? The dunk contest, awesome. the skills comp, uh, so much fun to watch. Three point competition, and of course the All Star Game itself. Trevor, uh, did you think they got any of these wrong? Yeah. So first to the point with with Andrew Wiggins, um, I. I wouldn't say I'm like a huge fan of Andrew Wiggins, but I feel that I have a certain level of attachment to him. And really, um, honestly, that that high school class, I think it was the 2013 high school class or the 2012 high school class, because that was the first time when I really felt like I was like diving in deep and like looking at all the recruiting rankings. I was probably like, I don't know, 14 years old. And I was watching a ton of like the hoop mixtapes and stuff like that, seeing Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker and Joel Embiid and Julius Randle, all those guys, you know, like Casey Hill. There's so many guys I remember, the Harrison twins, that aren't really relevant anymore because they're not in the NBA. But just that class mm-hmm. of players. Um, and Andrew Wiggins was the number one guy in that class. And obviously he was the number one pick. He was a guy that I watched his hoop mixtape, his senior mixtape. I watched some other highlights. I'm going to watch like – 
like a part of one actual game and 14 year old me was like Andrew Wiggins is going to be so good in the NBA he's going to be like a hall of famer he might be as good as Kevin Durant and I just like thought Andrew Wiggins was going to be so good right and he hasn't obviously lived up to that but to see him get you know an all-star appearance an all-star starter you know whether you know I think whether he actually deserves to be the starter that's a different conversation um but it's, you know, it's at least good to see that he's kind of found this role in with Golden State, and he's having his best year of his career, seemingly, mm-hmm. uh, now on a good team with a ch- chance to win the championship. So that's that's good to see, even if, you know, he can't live up to what, you know, the hype was or what people expected to him. Um, at least he still has found a role, and he's still a really good player. I mean, there are other number one picks that, you know, they have, you know, huge injuries, or maybe they just don't play as well and they flame out in three, four years. That's not at all what Andrew Wiggins did. He was still he's still a really good player. So I think uh, just you know good to see that Andrew Wiggins uh, got an All Star appearance here, even though it was clearly uh, a big uh, a fan a fan movement. It seems like uh, to get him here as a star- starter appearance. As far as you know whether they got it right or not, um, and uh, so I think in the West, first of all. Um, Steph Curry, John Morant, I agree with those. That would have been the same backcourt I would have had. And then the front court, um, it's tough because they require you to have three front court players, which personally I think is kind of dumb at this stage, like with how uh, the NBA has kind of started to lean more toward like positionless basketball. Like maybe just have it where it's like you require two guards, two forwards, and then the fifth guy can be like whoever, you know, because the way it's set up in the West is like now finding that third forward is really difficult. Like ideally we could just put like Devin Booker in the, in the lineup because Devin Booker is probably the fifth best player in the West or Luca or Donovan (laughs) Mitchell or Chris Paul. Like any of those guys could have been the fifth guy ahead of whatever forward you put in as that fifth guy. So Jokic, LeBron, obviously, yes, they deserve it. The fifth guy I would have had, if you have to have a forward would be Rudy Gobert. I think Rudy Gobert you know, he's averaging, I think, like 17 and 16 or something like that. Super efficient. The anchor of the Utah Jazz defense. When you, when Rudy isn't there, I believe I looked at the numbers yesterday. I think the Utah Jazz are 1-7 when Rudy Gobert is not playing, which is staggering. A, a staggering number. Um, so I think he deserves the spot there. Um, and then in the East, I pretty much agree across the board. Um, I actually would have had Zach Levine instead of Trey Young, personally. Now, it's very close. Trey Young has been on a little bit of a run, um, but if I was making my ballot, I would have had Zach Levine instead of Trey Young. The rest of it would have been the same as what they had. So, you know, overall, pretty good selection. Um, I kind of think they should get rid of the fan vote, personally. You know, just, let's limit it to... It's lame. Yeah, it's, it's just not... They, they get so many things wrong. There's so many weird, you know, just guys that are getting votes, guys that aren't really all that good um, role players, stuff like that, getting votes. doesn't make a lot of sense. Limit it to the media, the coaches, the players. I'm fine with I'm fine with the coaches getting a say, the players getting a say, and the media getting a say. Let's just do that. You know, however you want to divide it up, I, I don't necessarily, you know, it's not a huge deal, but I don't think the fans should be able to vote. I, I fully agree with that, but that'll be a conversation for a different day as we're going to keep on moving on. We're not going to be doing trivia today. We will be well, back one, with one more thing. next week. One more thing quickly. One more thing quickly. We're not. We're not. I'm not going to go deep in the NBA, but just shout out small baller player. Oh yeah, small baller. Yeah, come on, Brandon. Why are you stealing Trevor's thunder? Let's go. Jeez. (laughs) I wasn't looking at the note. I I was looking at the note. Go ahead, Trevor. (laughs) We're good. Small baller of the week. Um, it was close. I was deciding between uh Pascal Siakam and Kevin Love. I'm giving it to Pascal Siakam, but Kevin Love uh, doesn't because he's been. Well, Kevin Love's been really good. If you, if you look yeah, but at he's how... caused me the amount of pain he's caused me throughout the years of, of Cavalier <laughs> basketball. Season, I, I want nothing to do with season. Kevin Love. This season, Kevin Love's had a little bit of a resurgence. Oh, here. I would have if... loved if he he did that when LeBron was there. But you know, he's story getting... for another day. <laughs> he's getting a little bit of six man of the year love, um, even though I think that's Tyler Hero's award to lose. Um, but Pascal Siakam has been incredible. Uh, last night, unfortunately, the Raptors beat my Miami Heat in triple overtime. They beat my Miami Heat, stayed up for this game, and Pascal Siakam was really good in the game. He's been good for the last couple weeks now, just super solid on defense. His offensive numbers have really uh, risen, so he's been really good. Very, very nice. Okay, now we will go to our NFL topics uh, with nothing else to talk about there. Um, so we we got to talk about two games that happened. This was the one of the craziest days of football that I think we've ever seen. 
Sunday's games. Um, let's start off with the, the Rams-Bucks were first, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So let's start off with the Rams-Bucks. I mean, this game was, was nuts, like all of them. You know, Tom Brady-Matt Stafford matchup. Uh, I don't think anyone would have predicted that Tom Brady wouldn't come out on top. was not his greatest game of all time, but I don't think he got a lot of help uh, on the offense. They only rushed for 50 yards, 51 to be exact. There was a lot of drops from Mike Evans. Um, some other guys didn't play all that great. We saw uh, Stafford play really well, especially in the first half. And it's weird because, like, you know, they're down, like, 27-3, to right? And we're like, oh, Brady's going to come back. And they did... But it had nothing to do with the Bucks. The Rams just continuously shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. And that made the, the Bucks kind of come back into the game. And really, Brady and the Bucks didn't like do anything particularly great to make that happen. They just capitalized on these you know, horrible decisions and horrible plays that the, the Rams did, like uh, Cooper Cup fumbling. Um, I think there was a – was there a Stafford interception in there? No, no, no. There wasn't a Stafford no. interception. No, Stafford um, was good all game, honestly. Yeah. Like, he... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we saw, you know, a, t- a ton of stuff go down. But, but Trevor, I'll start with you. Uh, you're, a, I guess, a Bucks fan. Probably won't be after this year. But what do you think about this game? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, honestly, like, the way the game was going in the first half, I wasn't all that surprised. Like, I, I said on this podcast, the Rams were going to win. You know, the Bucks had, you know, banged up on the offensive line. You have Chris Godwin out, no Antonio Brown. Um, obviously the defense has just had issues all season, you know, in le- and, and the only time they don't have those issues is when either Tom Brady and the Bucks offense can cover, can cover those mistakes up by having long drives and keeping the, and giving the defense more rest, right? Cause that's important for your defense. Generally your defensive numbers are going to be better if your offense can have long drives, keep the defense off the field to get more rest. So you know, the Bucks' offense has been good all year. They've been able to do that. That kind of changed this game, obviously, because the Rams got a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. The offensive line, you know, has those injuries. So all these things obviously work together. Um, and then the secondary also just continues to get exposed every single game. I mean, every Bucks game I watched this year, it seemed like if, if you even have a decent uh, passing quarterback – he was going to take advantage of the Bucks secondary. You know, if, if if they can, if that quarterback has time to throw, and he is at least competent in some way, he doesn't have to be amazing. He just has to be competent. He can take advantage of the Bucks secondary. And you saw it. There were so many, like there was blown coverages, so many like like just deep balls that Matthew Stafford. Obviously, this was how they lost the player, the play to Cooper Cup, and it happened a lot in the first half as well. There was the one play where I think it was like Car- they were in like a zone and Carlton Davis kind of like dropped in because I think they brought like a guy out uh, to the right like for like a screen. So he like dropped in and um, I forget who the receiver was. I think it was maybe Odell or I'm not really sure um, who went past him. And then the safety, I think it was uh, Mike Edwards, like didn't drift out fully. And part of that is Matthew Stafford's was really good. Like he kind of. I think Dan Orlovsky was talking about this, like, because he's obviously a, a huge Matthew Stafford homer. But Matthew Stafford did do a good job because he looked to the left side. He was trying to, you know, make him make the defense think he was throwing elsewhere, and then he just turns, fires, throws it downfield, and that's how the Rams got the touchdown. So, I thought Matthew Stafford was good essentially all game. The Rams, de- the Rams offense was really good. They executed. They continued to move the ball. Um, the only reason why this was so close is, is like you said, like. They just were giving the ball away. Cam Akers, uh, Cooper Cup had a fumble. Yeah, like they were they were just giving the ball away. You had Cam Akers twice, uh, twice. Yeah, Cooper Cup, Brian Allen, all had fumbles. Right. So otherwise, the Rams would have continued to score because the Bucks defense wasn't stopping them. Like I think there was one three and out maybe in the third quarter, but outside of that, it was a lot of fumbles. So that's kind of what helped uh, the Bucks at least give them a chance. And then once you kind of you know, get a little momentum. They're in Tampa. You give Brady a little bit life. Then he could start making plays happen finally. And then you see like the really nice throw to Evans. There were a couple other really good throws, but it was too much to overcome ultimately. And then it seemed like it was going to go into overtime, which if that game w- would have went into overtime and the Bucks would have won the coin toss, I firmly believe that Tom Brady would have drove the Bucks down the field. They would have scored a touchdown, won the game. But Although, if the coin toss would have gone the Rams' way, the Rams would have done the same thing. Like, either way, at that point, um, which we'll get to overtime rules when we talk about this Chiefs game, but 
you know, the Rams were the better team, ultimately. They deserved to win the game. The right team won, and, and they did win, despite all of their mistakes. So I actually would not have been nearly as confident as you were about the Bucks going down the field. They had one drive where they drove all the way down the field, and it was when, you know, Evans had that big play. That's pretty much the only successful play the Bucks had the whole game. I mean, their other touchdown drives, seven plays for 30 yards, seven plays for 30 yards for their other two touchdown drives. Um, so it wasn't really... Uh, an impressive day on the offensive side. Um, I would not have been as confident going into overtime as you would be. Um, they, they had but, the momentum, though. You know, they were they were getting the rhythm. Scotty yeah, Miller, guess, our guy, they weren't he was really catching doing some anything. passes. They weren't really doing anything on offense. I mean, the, the times they did they, score they, were off they fumbles. They were a little bit. It was off turnovers. I mean, they did put it together two two pretty solid drives, though. I mean, Scotty Miller, you had him in single coverage. He made a couple plays. Uh, Fournette made some plays, Gronk made a couple plays, and then obviously the Evans, you know, amazing route that he ran, uh, getting past Jalen Ramsey. So they they were starting to get a little bit of a rhythm going. I I and they had the momentum. I I think they would have scored a touchdown if it went to overtime and won the game. I I don't know. I don't have quite as much faith, but that's besides the point. Ben, why don't you wrap up on this game on Tom Brady's potential last game, which we'll get into in a minute. Yeah, I mean, Trevor made a bunch of good points, like. They, they, they honestly just dug themselves in too big of a hole, especially against, first of all, at this point in the season, you're playing the second round of the playoffs. Every team you're playing is going to be pretty freaking good. Um, and especially the Rams with the amount of offense you have. What I think benefited the, the Bucks was, honestly, just abandoning the run, I think, helped them because when they started, when they were behind by 20 points and they just had to throw they the ball, these short, these short throws, put the ball in Tom Brady's hands, it actually it, it, it made their offense more effective because – they kind of became one-dimensional, but again, you have Tom Brady. Put the put the ball in Tom Brady's hands. Stop stop wasting plays and giving it to Giovanni Bernard. No offense to him or anybody, but I'd rather have the ball in Tom Brady's hands. So I think that actually benefited them a little bit. Um, but when it came down to it, their defense just couldn't get the stop when they needed it. Matthew Stafford did exactly what he had to do. He does not have to be an MVP quarterback on this team. I mean, he went 28 for 38 for 350-plus yards or whatever and two touchdowns. Don't turn the ball over if you're Matthew Stafford, um, which the Rams had issues not turning the ball over. But he did what he had to do. You don't have to be... A, an yeah. all-pro quarterback on the Rams. You have weapons. You just got to get get those boys the ball, right? You got to get Odell the ball. You got to get Cooper Cup the ball. You got to let Cam Akers, whoever run the ball, um, a decent amount throughout the game. And you should be fine. That's the recipe for success for the Rams. So they did that. Um, and ultimately, they were able to come away with the win. Yes, it was closer than a lot of people probably thought it was going to be once you got into the second half. But again, it's Tom Brady. You can't just assume that Tom Brady's going to let the other team beat him by 25 points. It's not going to happen. So the Bucks coming back, I don't think was a huge surprise. Them coming back and win might have been a surprise, but I was not surprised to see them come back and make a game out of this because Tom Brady's not just going to let you let you beat him, right? He, he takes that um, personally, and, and it's just not something you see very often. So shout out to the Rams, credit to them. They're one of those teams where I think beginning of the year people were high on them. I for whatever reason, maybe it was just me. I got kind of low on them throughout the year, and then they seemed to really pick it up in these last couple weeks in the playoffs. Because remember, they ended the season not playing well against the 49ers that no, last I know. game. The Ravens, the Ravens almost beat them with with yeah. no Lamar, no no one out there. So they they kind of hobbled into the playoffs. But these last two games, they've looked real impressive against. I yeah. mean, obviously the Cardinals, whatever they've had their ups and downs, but um, against Kyler Murray and against Tom Brady, they've looked real good both offensively and defensively defensively at times. So. Um, obviously, they're a fantastic team, and they were the better team that day. Um, it made for a great game, and I'm shout out to the Rams for keeping it closer than what it probably should have been. But ultimately, they came out with the win, and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, and, right, and one more one more thing, uh, and one ahead. more thing too, because the Rams also just in general, which be, besides the turnovers aside, they got complacent. Like Absolutely. Sean McVay, yeah. like they were calling running plays on first down yeah. when. Like they weren't going to get first downs by running the ball. You know, yeah, they, they needed. They looked like they were trying to keep the well. lead. Yeah, yeah, they were playing not to lose. They were playing not to lose. Yeah. They were playing not to lose. I hate yeah, that. They, they run the that. ball on a couple first downs. And I kept saying, yes, like, please, please run it on first down. Please do that because then we'll, we have a better chance. We only have to stop Stafford two times instead of three times on a, on a given, you know, down. So, yeah, it, they kind of got complacent. And, you know, it's going to be dangerous if you do that type of thing against the Niners. The Niners have a really good defense. So, uh, they're going to have to be more prepared, that Niners defense. And they've seen it twice already. They've lost them twice. That Niners defense is really good. Yeah, so let's let's move on to our other uh, divisional round game. This was one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Chiefs and Bills went into overtime. The Chiefs won 42-36. Pretty much they just won a coin toss at the, the end of the day. Uh, this was a wonderful game. Both quarterbacks had four touchdowns. They both threw for over 300 yards. 
Um, both had super high QBRs, quarterback ratings. This was such a fun game to watch. That second half was crazy. And, I mean, ultimately, we got to change the overtime rules. Both quarterbacks got to get a chance to get the ball. Um, it's ridiculous Allen didn't get the ball, and that's how they, they go out, you know. Uh, but, Ben, I'm going to start with you this time. What did you think about this game? Yeah, so, I mean, going in, and I said last week, I thought the Bills had a good chance of winning. I think last week I predicted them to win. Um, and there were plenty of times when I thought they were going to win. And it was just a fantastic game all around. Again, I, I think Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes showed that they're two of, if not the two best quarterbacks in the NFL at this time. Um, and to watch them do this, you know, now two years in a row in, in the playoffs, it, it, it's awesome to watch. And it gets me excited for the future. Um, obviously, I hope my Bengals are in the mix there, too. But it was a fantastic game. It was. Um, and, yes, that, that overtime overtime structure now is an issue. Um, and we can maybe get into that later. But overall, it was ob- yes, it was obviously a fantastic game. Um, and, it yes, there's been other games in history where, you know, you have a big lead and it's blown whatever a team comes back, even like that Bucks game. But this was the type of game where it was back and forth. There were punches back and forth. There was not one team came up, one team was up big, one team was down big, and then all of a sudden it got close. It was back and forth the whole game. Really, neither team was out of it. They were throwing punches back and forth. Um, it was phenomenal to watch. And I, I kept – this is the type of game where I look and I assure you that I am 100% right when I say that playing defensive back is the hardest position in football. There's no way it's not. Playing cornerback because if you got to play cornerback against Patrick Holmes and Josh Allen, you just have no shot. No shot. If they if they're able to stay in the pocket and, and and make something out of nothing on a scramble play, there's no way that you can cover somebody for that long with those two weapons. Because Patrick Mahomes is gonna is gonna keep the play alive for an extra ten seconds, and Josh Allen's gonna throw a missile into into a, a hole that's not there for the receiver. So, um, fantastic quarterbacks. Obviously, as a Bengals fan, I was watching, and my takeaway from that game was afterwards I was like, I don't even care who wins. I don't want the Bengals to play either one of these teams. I need to somehow <laughs> yeah. have both teams disqualified. Um, because I went in going, I think I'd rather play the, the Bills. I'm, I'm afraid of the Chiefs. The Bengals already beat the Chiefs. I don't want to play again. Um, but then going back and forth, I'm like, I think the Bengals are screwed either way, dude, because these quarterbacks and these offenses offenses are phenomenal. Um, and obviously they're awesome to watch. And if we can get if we can get more games between these two like that, I think the NFL is in a fantastic position moving forward for the next hopefully 10-plus years. Yeah, and it definitely seems like it's going to be like that. I mean, these two guys are two of the best quarterbacks in the league, and it was so amazing to watch this game. Trevor, I know you share the same amount of excitement about this game. I know you're a big Patty Mahomes fan, like every Tom Absolutely. Brady yeah. fan is. Um, so what are your takes on this game and, you know, for the Chiefs moving forward? So do you do you have do you have a lot of Patriots fans in your life? Because I'm not one of them, certainly. But is like Greg like rooting against Patrick Mahomes? Is that what where you're getting this from? I mean, every Brady fan doesn't like Mahomes. That's I hate Mahomes. Tr- what? I have no shame. I hate Patrick Mahomes. I I have nothing against Patrick Mahomes. I I really you're like one of the few, Trevor. Um, now there actually, is just like a general hatred towards Mahomes because of his wife and brother. I mean, there's like uh, an overwhelmingly amount of his people that his want brother, to yeah. His brother does some weird stuff, yeah. But like um, his wife, I mean, really like, what is she doing? Pouring champagne on everyone's freezing out there. You gotta be that like see unaware that. <laughs> of your surroundings. Well, and the best part that was for a divisional game. Like you're not even. It's not like you're winning the Super Bowl over here. You're pouring, you're popping champagne for a second round playoff game. That's why it was funny. I wish. Are we sure it's not the Super Bowl though? Are we sure this wasn't? Well, the Super Bowl? I mean, looking at that game, I, I I think that was that was pretty close to. I don't know. I mean, you Might can't, dis- the you can't disrespect teams. the Rams like that, but whatever. Or my Bengals, yeah, whatever, no. no big deal. <laughs> yeah, no. So with the game, right? Like, I think the first thing that I, I I'm just looking at the box score. The thing that stands out to me is when do we ever have a game with stakes like this where both quarterbacks play it like their absolute maybe not their absolute peak but like pretty much like they they both just have like I mean, these they both insane played flawless games yes they both had insane games i mean josh allen he had uh 27 for 37 329 yards four touchdowns zero interceptions patrick mahomes 33 for 44 378 yards three touchdowns zero interceptions it's like ridiculous. yeah and both of that them is, they both had yeah. 68 and 69 yards respectively rushing rushing ridiculous. yes yeah and Mahomes yes. had a touchdown rushing. So they both had four touchdowns, and they yes. both were the leading rushers on their team. They both were the leading rushers on their team, yes. <laughs> so it's it's just nuts. Like, it's it goes beyond any, like, quarterback. Like, because Peyton Manning and Brady had their fair share of quarterback matchups in the playoffs and such, but there was never a game they played where both of them were this great. 
Um, so that is the first thing that stands out. And then obviously the back and forth that we saw at the end, it was, it was close the whole way through. There was never a point really where it was like, well, I, I guess there were points where it was like, oh, the Chiefs have this game won or the Bills have this game won. Certainly there was. When you see there's 13 seconds left and the Chiefs have to get whatever, 50 yards to get in the field goal range or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game was incredible. Uh, I, I love watching both of these quarterbacks, um, obviously, um, as we all do. And for the Chiefs to go however many yards it was in 13 seconds, I mean, the the one play, the second play to set up the field goal where Travis Kelsey, I think he, he was saying to Mahomes he wasn't going to run the route that was called. He was just going to, like, find open space. And then at the line, you could hear where they showed it, and Mahomes is like, do it, do it, Kelsey, or something like that. Yeah. And then Kelsey that, just that runs. That was amazing. Like, that's incredible. Just like, and then hearing him talk about that, like that's that's just wild. So, this game was incredible. It could have been even better if the overtime rules were different. Which maybe I we agree. can talk about that another day. Um, as far as what maybe what they should do, that would be an interesting topic. You know, to talk about what the overtime mm-hmm. rules should be. They certainly should not be uh, how they are now, where the other team does not get a chance if the other team scores a touchdown. But this game was incredible. Um, I I am not sure. If there has ever been, like, I'm trying to think of other playoff games. Is there ever a game that was better than this one? In my opinion, now I'm a Patriots fan. So obviously, I'm going to sit here and be like, well, yeah, Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl is better. But if I if I remove, and again, it's you can't really remove your fandom, I guess. So I guess simply what I can say is, if I'm discounting all Patriots games, regardless of any Patriots games, I think this might have been the best game I've ever seen in, in the NFL besides Patriots games. I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? I, this game was – it was up there. I don't know if I have, like, one game particularly that I just, like, think is amazing, but this one was 100%. I mean, it was for sure up there. And Like Ben said, I mean, the, the, the AFC is in a great place with these two quarterbacks. And, I mean, we're, we're getting more. You know, we, uh, there's, there's not just these two – we got Herbert, we got Burrow, we got Lamar. Um, we got a lot of great, great, great quarterbacks in the AFC. Um, it's going to be a fun time to watch. Ben, a- anything else you want to say about this game? Well, I'm just trying to think of other games. Like, And again, like I said, the reason why this was so good is because they were throwing punches back and forth. I mean, they just neither team could really get the edge there. And, and again, like 13 seconds left. I'm not going to lie. I had a text typed out to a couple friends that were like, all right, let's go, Bengals versus Bills. I didn't send it because, you know, I'm superstitious. And then what happens, Patrick Mahomes, two plays, they tie it. And I'm like, all right, delete that message. But not going to lie, I thought it was over. It's kind of crazy to me that I was wrong about Patrick Mahomes not having enough time with 13 seconds left. So, I mean, it, again, it's just so ridiculous. Um, and it just shows how fantastic these teams are. Um, so, yeah, I think it's – again, maybe it's recency bias. But there's not another game that sticks out to me. And, yes, I can think of Patriots games, Trevor, obviously, you know, the 2017 Super Bowl. Um, I can think of you know even another game that had the same it had the same topic that was discussed for a long time afterwards when you got um, what was it the 2018 season 2019 AFC Championship where you got Tom Brady gets the ball in overtime and Patrick Mahomes doesn't get a chance yeah. um, I can think of that game they go into in, into uh, Arrowhead and, and beat the Chiefs there but it's it's definitely up there and off the top of my head I can't think of a better game um, and again maybe it's because it was the playoffs and a lot of people are considering this the ticket to the to the Super Bowl whoever won this team was probably gonna make the Super Bowl so because of the stakes that were at hand and because we kind of or at least we expected these two teams at the beginning of the year to be on a collision course towards this moment um, in the playoffs it, it delivered and we had high expectations for it and it completely exceeded all of our expectations so again awesome game and I really hope that we mm-hmm. can see more more of them like it in, in the uh, in the hopefully near future so Let's let's talk a little bit here. We we had some big news happen yesterday on the 29th um, that may or may not be true. It got retracted a little bit, so I don't really know. There's rumors Tom Brady is gonna call it. You know, we all saw we all saw the news yesterday. He's 44 years old, um, and you know, it, it, Trevor, I gotta start with you. I mean, you're you're the biggest Brady fan here. Ben, I'll be be over to you next. Is this it? Do you think we're done? Do you think we've seen Tom Brady's last game? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I can't remember the last time. I mean, maybe, Brandon, you probably would know better than me. Wait, has Adam Schefter ever falsely reported? I'm sure maybe he has, but can you remember him, a time where he extent. falsely reported something? There's there's two things about it. It's interesting you say this because there's two things. You know, this is two-pronged, I think. Number one is I, I, I don't think I've ever seen him report something that wasn't right. 
Number yeah. two yeah. is the level of information. Like, the, the, you know, it's I'm sure Adam Schefter gets tons of tips yeah. about different things and doesn't report all of them because he's like, eh, that might, you know, they go through yeah. it and they double check it and they, you know, they, they, you know, just make sure it's right. And then he posts it. And it wasn't just him that posted it. Uh, Jeff Dar- Darlington Jeff Dar- um, also reported it too. I, I, I find it so hard to believe that this isn't the truth. So hard to believe because there's so many measures that goes through before Adam Schefter hits tweet, you know? Yeah. I, I find it incredibly difficult to, to believe, but I, I'll get to what my thoughts in a second, Trevor. You can continue. Yeah, so I yeah, I do think he's done. Um, there were a couple things like that came out, and I don't know how true they are, but like like he has a signing bonus that's supposed to be paid out February 4th. Um, so it, it just seems like he wanted he wants to make his own announcement, and he wants that to be you know in a couple weeks, not right now. Um, and he wants to do it in a certain way. Like obviously, like Man in the Arena, there's a final episode that's yet to come out. Um, so maybe that has something to do with it. So, you know, I'm sure he just wanted to announce it his own way. So yeah, I I think, I think he's done. Um, as far as his career, I mean, for, I can't like for a player to go out playing at this high of a level, um, like, you know, arguably, and I don't know if he's going to win that MVP or not. I think it's going to be Rogers. Um, it seems like it is, but regardless to go out having this kind of season, 43 touchdowns, only 12 interceptions, make it to a divisional round, almost make it to a conference championship, seven Super Bowls, 22 seasons. Like, you know, like like Michael Jordan, he left the Bulls in 98, kind of on top in a way. You know, he was still arguably the best player in the game. But then he came back with the Wizards, right? So, like, he played those years with the Wizards, and clearly then he wasn't the same. And then you look at, like, other guys like Peyton Manning. He wasn't the same Peyton Manning in the last season. They did win the Super Bowl, but, like, they had the number one defense, you know. So that wasn't the same. You could go Drew Brees last year. He wasn't the same. So it's so rare for a player to go out, you know, playing at such a high level um, when they retire. And then obviously add the fact that he was 44 years old to it. And that's just insane. But, I mean, I, I could go on and on about all of the great Tom Brady stories that I have, you know, from different games, the Seahawks game, when I thought the Seahawks were going to win. And I was like – you know, because it, it had been 10 years since we won the Super Bowl. we could, The Patriots couldn't win in 07. They couldn't win it in 2012. It was like, oh, no, the Seahawks are going to win it. We can't win it again. It's like, is Brady ever going to get that fourth Super Bowl? Um, and then, you know, they did, obviously, the Malcolm Butler interception. But I could go on and on. But obviously, it's, you know, it's, it's now Dwayne Wade retired a couple years ago. He's my favorite athlete of all time. Tom Brady is my favorite, my, I guess, my second favorite athlete of all time. Now both of those guys are out of their respective sports, and I kind of have to, I guess, now just like get back to this new era with the Patriots. You know, as I, you know, got back to the new era with the Miami Heat. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But just obviously, incredible career. Yeah, it's you know I think there's more that goes into it than just you know he played so amazing this year. You look at like Jerry Seinfeld, I mean, they were offered a million dollars an episode that the main people to. to do Seinfeld and they said no they're like we're done we just want to finish on the top and I think that's kind of Bray's philosophy here additionally he's got these kids his wife wants him to be done mm-hmm. you know he's he's old he's 44 it's it, it might just be time you know you know all great things have to come to an end as much as I don't personally like Tom Brady I don't want him to stop playing you don't want the best in the game the best to ever do it to stop playing I mean that's terrible so I I hope he's not done but you know I'm leaning towards it's it's probably the end after he gets his 16 million dollars he, he'll retire uh, ben, final thoughts on Brady before we move on to the games coming up today. Yeah, he's done. I mean, just just obviously the from what even he said and what people around him has reported, I just can't see him coming back. But it's just crazy to me to think because a month ago I would have never thought this was going to be his last. No way. I mean, he's playing. Yeah. He's playing. I mean, he had 43 touchdowns this year. He's played amazing this year. He's He has not been bad at all. Um, so when all these rumors started maybe last year, a couple weeks ago, about how this might be the I was like, there's no way. I just can't see it. His, his personality and how much he wants to win, I was like, unless he wins a Super Bowl, I just can't see him retiring after this year. And again, that's just credit to him and how he's been able to have this career year and, and when he's, you know, 20, whatever, 22nd year, 44 years old. Um, and maybe that's that's the perfect way to go out. You go out at 44 having one of your best seasons ever um, because I really do think he's got a couple more years in him that he could play if he wanted to. Um, so it's surprising to me because of how well he's played, but at the same time, what he said about his family, I mean, again, I've said this before, my freshman year of high school, I mean, we were, I was 15 years old, and I said by the time I graduated high school in three, four years, I don't think Tom Brady will still be playing. 
And the fact that now we've been out of high school for six years or whatever. I mean, I'm 20, we're 24 years old, and he's still playing. Um, it's insane. And, yes, he could play longer, but it, it, there's things bigger than football. And, obviously, he said that about family. And I know his wife has been wanting him to, to hang it up or at least give him or give her some sort of age when he will hang it up. Because, yeah, the way he the way he treats his body and the way he lives his life, he could play longer. But, obviously, to him, there's more to that or more to his life than playing football. And, obviously, he's got a lot of other things he does other than football. He's got his yeah. own brand. He's got um, he's got this whole crypto thing going on. He's got a lot going on. Obviously, there's things that he wants to do other than football. And I can't blame him. I mean, the guys the guys won seven Super Bowls. I mean, he's there, there's yes. also like it's not like like there's not much more he can do. That's the thing. I mean, he's already yeah. considered the greatest quarterback of all time. I do not think it's a shame that he's going out the way he is. Like, I think he will be totally fine, totally okay leaving um, what he has done in his football career in the past and, and moving forward. I do not think he will have any regrets other than maybe a couple Super Bowls against the Giants. Okay, but. Um, Good for him. I mean, obviously, and, and I was saying this yesterday, and this is the last thing I'll say about Tom Brady. How awesome must it mu- must be to feel, or how how awesome must it feel to to be the type of person where somebody can put a rumor that you're retiring from playing a sport, and basically the entire sports world stops for like four hours. Like that must be an awesome feeling. Like just to be like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done with my career. I'm yeah. done playing football, and pretty much everything that has to do with sports just stops, and people start freaking out. Like that. That must be an awesome life to live. It must be an awesome feeling. So, mm-hmm. shout out Tom Brady, and yeah, I, I think he's done. But again, what he's done, I, I really, I, I'm upset, but I can't be that upset because he's given mm-hmm. us a lot of really good football over these last pretty much since we've been born. For being honest, I agree. Let's uh, let's move on here because uh, it's not official. We don't know yet. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more coming up. Let's move to the games that are happening today. We're starting with the 3 o'clock game, Ben. Bengals-Chiefs. I, I actually want to start off with this game here. I, I feel like there's no way the Chiefs lose, right? Like, no way they're an overwhelming favorite, seven-point favorite. Um, the Chiefs are playing so well. The Bengals aren't playing, like, their best football of all time at the moment. But the Bengals did beat the Chiefs. Now, there was a lot that went into that, and the Chiefs had some poor play. The Bengals played amazing that game. Um, but I think we're at the point here to stop counting out the Bengals. I think we've had enough of that. This is going to be a good game. I do not think this is going to be a blowout in any measure. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll take the Chiefs. I feel like they're the safer bet. But this is going to be a great game. I'll say Chiefs by six. Very, very good game. Burrow's going to show up and play. Ben, let's go to you next. Um, it's your team. This has been an amazing season. For the Bengals winning the division, getting this far in the conference championship for the first time since like the '80s, right? '88, yeah. So, what do you think about the game? Um, I I appreciate you you trying to jinx the Chiefs here because I agree with you. There's absolutely no way the Bengals lose or Bengals win, right? Right? Are we tempting fate? I'm all for with tempting fate here. I will gladly <laughs> jinx the Chiefs by saying there's no way they lose. I feel like it's like so like everyone just like thinks it's gonna happen. Like it's just like well, that's happening. Nothing else to say about it. So here's my thing. I agree with everything you said. I. I can't see the Bengals winning, and I've been super, very superstitious. Like, I don't want to talk about the Bengals games because I don't want to jinx anything. But this is the type of game where I think the Bengals are fighting su- such an uphill battle that I can't really jinx it. So I'll give you a prediction. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to win by two touchdowns. I think it's – and the score that came in my head like two days ago that I'm going to stick with, I think it's going to be like 34-20. I think they'll uh-huh. – I mean, there's, they're a touchdown favorite. I think they'll win by more than, two, more than a touchdown. Um, and, yeah, I, the Bengals beat the Chiefs, and I get that. But, one, it was at home. Two, a lot of things went the Bengals' way there in the last three plays. Yeah, that, a lot I mean, went their way. I, I, I'm, I have no shame to say the Bengals probably shouldn't have won that game. At the very least, they should have, like, um, it should have probably tied. Um, and the Bengals might have lost in overtime. It, 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 whatever. I, I get the argument that, well, they beat them. They're going to beat them again. No, I don't agree with that because you got to go to the Chiefs. It's going to be in a crazy atmosphere. Um, the Chiefs are going to play their best game. I can promise you that. They're not going to lay a dud. So, yes, I get it. Joe Burrow is awesome, and I love Joe Burrow, and he's my favorite athlete in the world at the moment. But um, I just – I have a lot of doubts about the Bengals being able to win. Now, that being said, I, I'm still pulling for the Bengals, and I promise you when that game kicks off, there's going to be a slimmer of hope for me where I'm like, you know what? They can do this. I'm all in on the Bengals winning this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about this today. This is by far the, the biggest sporting event that's ever happened in my life for my favorite teams. I mean, I've never had a team even come close to going to a Super Bowl equivalent. Um, so, I mean, this is... Yeah, sucks, this is a, sucks you don't know that feeling. I, I'm agree. Like, you, you two can't relate because Trevor got lucky and he picked a team that happened to be good for 20 years. Um, no offense. And Brandon, the Ravens are a good organization. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I very nervous, but I'm also just super excited because I've never had a team even close to, to a yeah. position like this before. So, it's an awesome game. Again, I think the Bengals are going to be outmatched. And I think, especially after last week, Patrick Mahomes 
terrifies me, and I have no shame saying that I'm afraid to play the Chiefs, and I've been afraid since the Bengals beat them the first time. I was like, I don't want to have to see them again. So I'm terrified of the Chiefs, and I, I think they're going to win, and I think they, they're they going to be the better team because I think they, they'll deserve to win, and they will be the better team. Um, but I'm hoping for a good game. I really am. We'll see what happens, but I'm just, more than anything, I'm excited. I'm excited that Joe Burrow's in this position. Again, they were supposed to win six games. They've won 12 now, so at this point, they're just playing with house money. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Trevor, final thoughts on the game. What's your prediction? Yeah, so I, I don't have a ton to add. Um, I think you guys said a lot of what I was you know, kind of thinking as well. I do think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, the one thing, which, which, Ben, you kind of rolled this out, but the one thing that I was like going to say is, like, what if in the Chiefs' mindset – they were like, oh, the Bills, that was the Super Bowl, you know. Uh, a letdown? You think they're going to have a letdown? They're, 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 no, they're no problem, you know. In they're the they're going to be an easy team game? to beat. <laughs> I don't actually think that's going to happen. I, I think they'll be ready to go. I think they'll play a very good game. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I would just think maybe it's a sl- very slight possibility, but I do think the Chiefs are going to win. Uh, I'm pretty in line with uh, your thoughts on the score, Ben. Uh, I, I actually, well, I was thinking, so I, you said 34-20. I was thinking 31-20. Uh, okay. That's the score that I made yesterday yeah, two when I was thinking about this game. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, the offensive line for the Bengals won't be, they won't be, like Burrow won't be in as much trouble as I think he was last week, which is at least something, right? So I think he'll have more time to throw versus the Titans because I don't think, the Chiefs rush is quite as good as the Titans was, so I think that helps them. But I mean, he's gonna have to be. He, I mean, he's gonna have to be exceptional because I accept, I expect Patrick Mahomes to have another great game, and I think it's gonna be tough for the Bengals to get uh, Mahomes off the field. So I mean, he essentially has to match Mahomes, uh, essentially to have a chance to win. And and I just think it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough for sure. I mean, especially like this is. Uh, and again, they have won two playoff games now. They're they're getting more playoff experience, but Mahomes has been here now. This is his fourth year in the playoffs. Um, the only time, uh, the only person that, or the only quarterback that Mahomes has lost a playoff game to is Tom Brady. Tom Brady, yeah. Um, the other, all of the other games he has won in the playoffs. Same. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, I expect the Chiefs to win. So, Trevor, let's stick with you for our last game, the 630 game, Niners at Rams. Uh, who do you got? So I I do have the Rams, but I'm very hesitant. Um, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast earlier this week, and he compared the 49ers to the 2007 Giants. And I was thinking through it, and I was thinking about how, like, okay, yes, the Giants, they easily, because I think they were the sixth seed, they could have easily missed the playoffs that year. I think they were 10-6. and six. This Niners team... 10-7 and seven coming in. The Rams could have knocked them out of the playoffs if they would have beaten them. Um, and, you know, the quarterback situation's a little shaky. You know, it's like, okay, Eli, maybe he'll show up, you know, in the big moments, but he's not really that consistent. He's not someone that you have a ton of confidence in. Jimmy G is kind of similar to that, I think. Um, but the defense is incredible. They can get a lot of pressure. They have great linebackers. You know they they have really good tough coaching and they're just they're a tough football team and it's so difficult to play them you know and if the Rams make mistakes like they I mean they made some mistakes last week against the Bucks they made some mistakes in their their week 18 matchup against the Niners the Niners beat them twice in the regular season I think they could cause a lot of problems for the Rams but overall I am still sticking with the Rams because. I, I just I at this point I believe in Matthew Stafford. I think he's been really good. He was really good against the Bucks. I think he's gonna be I don't know. It's not like he's gonna have an insane game today because again, the Niners defense is incredible. But I don't think he's gonna make like a back breaking mistake, which is really the key. Like if he doesn't throw an interception, which might you know, you could argue is a tall task against this Niners team, the the Rams are gonna win. And I if I'm predicting I don't really think he's gonna throw an interception today. And I think uh, he's gonna have a really good game. And I, also, the Rams, the Rams defense themselves uh, is pretty good, right? Like I think Jimmy G's gonna have some trouble, and I don't mm-hmm. expect the Niners. Rams I mean, they great. put up, yeah. I mean, they scored 13 points against the Packers. They scored 17 points against the Cowboys. Like, if they only score 13 to 17 against the Rams, I don't think that's gonna be enough to beat the Rams. So yeah, I, I have the Rams uh, 
with the edge here. So, this is an interesting game. I feel like everyone's going to pick the Rams. The Rams are favored by three and a half, uh, which really isn't like that small. I mean, that's a decent amount. Um, and I want to pick the Rams. I like the Rams. I love Stafford. You guys know that. And, you know, seemingly they look like the better team. But I'm done doubting the 49ers. I'm picking the 49ers. I think the 49ers win by 10 points. It's oh, not wow. going to be that close. Jeez. Uh, I mean, let's look at the Niners' road to, to getting here. The Niners had to beat the Packers, who many of us thought would easily be in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, week one, they had to play the Cowboys that, that people thought would kind of blow them out. Um, and I have a lot of faith in the Niners. I'm probably jinxing them while saying this. Um, but I think at this point, I'm picking the Niners by 10 points. There's my hot take for the week. Ben, why don't you wrap up the episode with your prediction? So a couple things here. The first one, I've talked about Jimmy G before, and we, we, you got to talk about him again. I just, yes, he's he's won in big games, but I think especially against the Rams, the 49ers have a great defense, but they're going to have their work cut out for him. And if Jimmy G is going to not be able to take care of the ball, and he's going to put the, the 49ers defense in bad positions where maybe they're backed up, um, or you're, you're giving the Rams the ball at the 50 yard line, something like that. I just don't know if if Jimmy G can protect the ball, then yeah, they might have a chance. But if you're putting the 49ers defense in in bad position and, and you're you're giving the Rams the ball more than they need to get it, then I think the 49ers are going to be in trouble. And I think I can just see that happening where Jimmy G might have a bad pick. He's on his own 20. He gives he picks the ball. And next thing you know, the 49ers defense is backed up. Um, and that might be the difference of the game right there. So, I the Rams are just too good. And from what I saw last week, they have a lot of weapons. Um, and I do not think if, if Jimmy G is going to get down 25 points like Tom Brady, I do not have faith in the 49ers um, coming back. And, yes, the 49ers are a good defense. I don't think that's going to happen. But I just don't know. I think Matthew Stafford, again, if he all he has to do is play good. He doesn't have to play well even. Um, if he just plays okay, I think I think that will be enough, even against this great 49ers defense. Um, and maybe you could say, well, the, the day of defense wins championships, maybe that's over. Maybe the Rams' offense is going to be too much for the 49ers' defense. Um, so I think the Rams are going to win. Yeah, it's three and a half. I think they'll cover. I think I'll say they win by a touchdown. I, I, I'm hoping it's close. I think it will be close. But yeah. I think ultimately there's going to be one throw or one play by Jimmy G that just all, you're going to look back and you're going to go, if he hadn't have made that throw or if he hadn't have taken that sack or something like that, there's going to be some sort of play that you're going to be able to put on Jimmy G and say a different quarterback yeah. might have done something differently. That was the difference in the game. Um, I can see that happening. So I'll, I'll take I'll take the Rams by a touchdown again. I hope it's a good game. I think it will be a good game. But the Rams just seem like they're too they're too they're moving too quickly to stop for anybody to stop them in the NFC at this moment. Mm-hmm. So we we are gearing up here for an amazing Super Bowl, no matter who the outcome is. Um, but I think we'll end the episode there for today. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Of course, subscribe and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the podcast. We really do appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller or click the link in the description so you keep up to date when all of our episodes go live. We'll be back next Sunday uh, at 4 p.m. with an episode. Um, but yeah, with that being said, thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.